listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 2nd of November, Melbourne Cup Day 2021. Uh, today, the Reserve Bank has withdrawn its forward guidance and admits official interest rates may actually rise in 2023 instead of 2024, but the markets still think it'll happen a lot earlier. Now, this does have implications for the housing market and for investments, and it comes as the RBA today left the official cash rate at a record low of 0.1%, but it also abandoned its yield curve control measures. It's a tool which helps to keep long-term interest rates low, and that's because the economy is starting to recover as vaccination rates rise. So for more, I spoke earlier with Tony Morris, from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Tony, the Reserve Bank leaving interest rates on hold today, but yield curve control is gone, forward guidance is gone. What's all this saying about how the RBA feels about the economic recovery? Well, first of all, I think it shows that they're a bit more optimistic. They've lifted their forecast for inflation. They see lower unemployment and higher wages growth in 2023. And that's why yield curve control is gone. Previously, that forward guidance was those conditions would not be met before 2024. The problem for the RBA today was that the market had already made that decision last week when it saw the inflation figures, and they almost forced the RBA to step back from yield curve control. So in terms of today, it was the governor giving us a signal of what their forecast looked like and what that guidance might look like going forward. The, the RBA always issues a, issued a, an accompanying statement after the decision at 2.30, but today there was also a, what I seem to feel like was a hastily convened conference call at 4 o'clock, so just a 90, uh, 90 minutes after the, the decision. How unusual is this? And did, did any of his comments in that, in that conference call, which you listened to, clear anything up? Uh, it's very interesting. It's very rare that they do these conference uh, calls. They usually do them and they have done them over the course of the crisis when they announce major changes to policy. As I mentioned last week, the RBA stepped back from defending this yield curve target, but there was no communication. The market ran on with it and pushed short-term interest rates really mu- much higher. So that lack of communication today, the fact that they didn't announce it until that statement came out, just shows you how they are reacting to what's going on globally, that is higher inflation, other central banks raising rates. And in a way, they're being very reactive about trying to provide forward guidance, if you will. And I, we only saw a very limited reaction in terms of uh, what was going on in terms of the interest rate markets following that guidance today. I guess the, the real discussion is how soon we'll see um, interest rates start rising. For some time, the RBA keeps saying it's all about um, having sustained in, uh, underlying inflation between its 2 to 3% target band. It now says it's going to be in between that 2 to 3% target band for the next few years. So is it about inflation or is it now saying, oh, hold on a second, it's also about having wages grow pretty strongly? What's the relationship between the two? Very good question. Well, I think they, they will point out that wages growth needs to rise above 3% if inflation is going to sustain that move above 2%. The trouble for the Reserve Bank is that we got the, the Q3 inflation data last week. When we were in lockdown, they'd previously forecast that it wouldn't rise above 2% until the end of 23, but we saw it already in Q3. And that's because it's being driven by supply issues, global supply disruptions, for example, but also stronger demand coming through the housing sector as well. So they're trying to argue both sides. I think what they're trying to do here is saying, yes, we've lifted inflation, 
but we're not yet convinced it's going to be sustainably above there. We're going to wait for wages because we're not about to raise interest rates anytime soon. That would be just too big an about face for when they previously said they would remain on hold till 24. So based on what you're saying, is the RBA misjudging the strength of inflation? They certainly have misjudged it so far this year, and that's based on the inflation data that we got last week. And that's a combination of supply and demand issues. I think when they argue that wages need to rise before they see it sustainable, I think that they might be surprised to the upside still, considering what we're seeing around the world in terms of both what rising wages and increasing energy costs and the supply uh, disruptions, which, which are set to continue for quite some time. So when do you see rates rising and how? We see it. We've brought forward our call for the Reserve Bank to start lifting rates at the end of next year. That's way after the market pricing that we're seeing the move as soon as March or even uh, Q2 next year. So we see those conditions being met by the end of next year. And the reason, one of the major reasons for that at Bank of America, we see the US Federal Reserve raising rates later next year. It's very difficult to see the Reserve Bank of Australia waiting so much longer after the Federal Reserve because the Australian dollar would would be much weaker. That would be tantamount to easing of financial conditions. We also see inflation staying higher than the Reserve Bank next year. We see a stronger labour market. And I think, importantly, wages will be moving upward and in the right direction. Tony Morris there from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and the Australian share market fell today on the news. The S&P ASX 200 at 7,324. That's down 0.6%. For more, I spoke with Jessica Amir from Saxo Markets. To what extent has the market priced in that, that first rate rise? That's a good question. Well, the RBA pretty much uh, dangled the 2023 carrot in the air. And funnily enough, this is actually in line with what most market commentators, economists uh, and consensus is expecting. Um, So the thinking is that the Reserve Bank will increase official interest rates next year. So, I mean, there's no two ways about it, unfortunately. They're they're stopping buying bonds in February. And then because the economy is growing quicker than expected, to keep inflation within the RBA's target range of 2 to 3% and also to support wage growth, we will see uh, likely interest rates hiked at the end of next year, Ricardo. Okay, so given that environment, along with inflation, what does that typically mean for the share market? Well, no one really likes rising uh, interest rates, particularly if you've got a mortgage, but we are seeing a flurry of people go out and lock in interest rates now. So I guess this is good for the banks in some ways. It means they've got certainty that people aren't going to go out and shop for banks. So believe it or not, uh, banks actually do well in high interest rates, in high interest rate environments, and that's because uh, they're obviously earning more interest on their borrowing and deposits. And secondly, um, banks are very large holders of bonds and issuers of bonds and actually make more money as bonds rise. So typically, Ricardo, we see investors favour bond, uh, sorry, favour banks in high interest rate environments and also insurers. They're very big uh, issuers of bonds, so they tend to do quite well in rising rate environments. And we've seen that of late with the likes of QBE um, and some other insurers as well. Uh, Of course, um, there's not many of us making claims at the moment, so insurers are also making more money. 
claims are low and um, also we've been able to, despite the pandemic, keep up with insurance. Um, so insurers, they're making more money and that's likely to continue. And how do you invest in such a period though? What, what are the opportunities? So it's, um, I guess you could say, look, it is a bit of a catch-22. When, when rates rise, uh, we know as we, as we hold debt as consumers, it, it tends to tighten the purse strings. And when you think about what's on the ASX or globally, those companies that hold larger portions of debt tend to be hurt. Uh, believe it or not, some of the biggest tech companies in the world, uh, the FANG stocks, actually hold quite low levels of debt. Contrast that, though, to the stocks on the ASX, the tech stocks, they actually uh, as a portion, hold a larger amount of debt. So we are expecting uh, perhaps some cream to be taken off the top of tech stocks, particularly those that have been doing quite well and making a comeback of late. So that's one thing to be cautious of. On the flip side, uh, financials um, and insurers, as we just mentioned, they tend to do well in rising rate environments. Also thinking about inflation. Uh, so you're hearing that uh, semiconductors, there's a chip shortage. So we're seeing um, semiconductors, so chips rise. We're also seeing because of the supply constraint issues, we're also seeing prices rise for some goods. Um, so household commodities are increasing. So that could be an investment opportunity for some. But also don't forget uh, November and December are historically quite bullish months for the stock market. So if you take a broad market view and if you want to invest in the broad Aussie market, Market or global equities, um, historically we have seen the Santa rally pretty much kick off late November and carry into late December and continue in January. So all in all, it's a quite historically a healthy time to invest in shares. Jessica Ramir there from Saxo Markets. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Listener.